Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Welcome back for another episode of the Creative Empire Podcast. Raina and I are talking today about different ways that you can make money. If you are struggling to figure out what to offer to the market that you have decided to serve, this is the episode for you. Hang tight as we discuss what is going to build your business, what is going to drive traffic to your site, and most importantly, what is going to pay the bills so that you can continue to build your creative empire. Hey, Raina. Yay. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a great idea from Raina. So tell us kind of what you were thinking about when you came up with the idea for this topic. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to make money online, right? And I think that you know, you and I both have very different business models individually. And I also think that there's so many different ways that one can make money in the creative space. And so I just wanted to do a brainstorming jam session where we're talking about the different kinds of ways that people might create offers and what that might look like because every single business is a little bit different. But I think when we look at somebody else's business, like a competitor's business, you might see like a lot of similarities. And I just wanted to encourage people that we can do things like we can have a similar business, but have a totally different output or a totally different methodology. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that and see, you know, the different types of things we're seeing in the online space, the things that we're seeing in the creative space. I think, Christina, you and I are both like have one foot in either side, you know, like one side, one online and one in the creative space. And I think that there's just a lot of cool things happening. So let's kind of gem about that. Yeah. And before we get started, I think it's so funny because this is going to sound so duh. And we've talked about this on other episodes, but in the business I had before this, this whole like yoga, like wellness turned into like legal blog, like whatever that disaster was. It was really funny because I was like, why, how come I'm not making money? Like everybody says that I'm going to blog and I'm going to get clients and then that's how I'm going to start making money. And for me, actually the first things that I made money with were online products in an Etsy shop. So Etsy brought the traffic and I created the products and they were literally two to $4 worksheets, workbooks, that were very poorly designed, but they were basically all the tools that I had learned how to integrate and use in my business. Just a list, like not even talking about what they are or anything. Like, but for two dollars, you could get a list, which I now offer for free on my resources page at the contract shop. But this was like a free checklist of the tools that you could use to build and run your online blog. Like it's not that I had a successful business. I wasn't claiming to do that. I don't think anybody thought for $2 that this was going to be like the thing that changed their life. But it was just a helpful list that I wished I had had. And it was just funny because I, for so long, was still waiting for somebody to book me for some kind of service, like whatever the flavor of the week was, as I was trying to figure out what to offer, you know, how to even work for yourself. That's that's like a whole nother episode. But then I just started offering this thing and it was just eye-opening that like, oh, you've literally never put anything out there for people to buy. You've just assumed that they're going to come to your website, 
like you, see who you are, click the email button and ask how they can work with you. Like that was ridiculous. But when I started to put out these little tiny workbooks and worksheets and whatever, that was when people started to purchase from me. And I was like, oh, you actually have to put like a product out there with a buy button, whether that's like a service or a product or whatever. So for those of you who are like, this will never work for me. I, yeah, but that's like blah, blah, blah. Like all the butts, get rid of your butts. <laughs> they stink. And <laughs> let's move past that. Let's imagine like what could be if you just took a blog post into a checklist and made it like a $5 digital download on your website using a PayPal link. Like that's probably the easiest, most simple thing to do. So anything that we're talking about here today... It's not that you need to go through and you need to implement all of these things, but if you are literally just sitting there with a website that has a contact form or email or whatever, it's not good enough. You are not going to make sales that way unless you do something like clearly brilliant. You get onto like some kind of viral podcast, television show, like something like that, and people are just dying to work with you. It just doesn't happen. So Soapbox rant over, get out there, do something with the things that we talk about today. What are, Raina, what are some things that you have seen people selling in the industry that you maybe hadn't noticed before or are becoming more popular? What are some offerings? Like, And we're not talking about like niche areas. We have lots of episodes on that. We'll link to that in the show notes. But like, what are some of the ways, innovative ways that you've seen people offering products? Yeah, I think that, okay, so this conversation can be like a 17 hour long conversation. So just like to break it down, I have like a couple categories. So if one is service, one is like physical products, and one is like e-products like Christina was talking about. So in the service category, I think like just off the top of my head, I can think of obviously one-on-one in-depth work with somebody. So if you're working as a photographer, you can, you know, do in-depth work with them by that service that you offer. Whereas if you just wanted to to do a one-off, like a mini session, that could be an option too. I also see people doing work like asynchronous work. So maybe you're a mom and it's easier for you to do work as soon as your kiddos are down and you don't have to get on a call and it doesn't have to be face-to-face or anything like that. And like you can just cram that work in whenever you have time. So I call that asynchronous work. It's maybe like a done-for-you service, like maybe copywriting in the evening or it's product photography during the day that you don't have to meet with anyone. It might be, I'm trying to think of like other examples of that. It could be like somebody who writes blog posts like behind the scenes. It could be a lot of different things. And I think that's an option that I don't see a lot of people doing as well as just like done for you completely being on people's teams services as well. So I think there's a lot of different ways that you can work with people and just get creative with that. We interviewed Sarah Anderson, who's a copywriter for the podcast, and she, you know, she writes funnels and does copywriting and stuff like that. And she now does intensives, which I think is so cool. And Pia does that too, right? We interviewed Pia and like they do their branding sessions in an intensive session. So like you can look at the industry that you're in and take a look at, okay, how do I like to work? How do I get the most results for my clients and how quickly can I get that done so that I can turn it over to them? Because time is of the essence in a lot of these things. And I think it's really cool to be able to look at our business models and say, okay, how can I buck the trends? How can I make it so that what's happening in the industry isn't necessarily true in my business? So just a couple ideas there. Christina, what are your thoughts on that? I love the done for you services. 
I think people are spending way too much time trying to figure out how to be the next brand strategist or graphic designer or whatever. And it's like, there's people out there that don't need a graphic designer, but they need somebody to help them with their Instagram and like do their, that this is like purely me. I've been having the hardest time because I would love some help with my Instagram just to keep me on track, to keep me focused because I'm like everywhere. So it's just, there's so many opportunities for the done for you services that you just don't know about if you, if you aren't out there talking to people that, and like, maybe it's making that bold ask to say like, what are you spending a lot of time on? more advanced business owner than myself. And like, how could I take that off your plate? And if it's outside of your skill set and it's like way too uncomfortable, then maybe that's not a good fit. But maybe they're like, oh my God, maybe you're a copywriter, right? And you're like trying to compete with all these other copywriters and this business owner, which I know there's lots of them because this is a pain point that I've talked to a lot of people about. They're like, oh my gosh, I just wish I had somebody that would like outline a caption for me and then I could write it because that would be so much easier than just trying to pull something out of my butt every day. So as a copywriter, like that's a position that you could do done for them. It's still their words. So it's still connecting with their audience. There's, but now they're not starting from zero. So those or like even weekly emails, um, you know, marketing your services in a different way that just really gets to the heart of what the person that you're trying to serve is is really looking for support and help around. The other thing that I am loving lately because things are getting better are affiliate programs. It's not necessary to work so dang hard and create your own products when there's already really great existing products and systems and shops and things like that out there. So instead of, and this is kind of like hypocritical, I guess, of me, because I do teach people how to have their online shops. I do think there's there's room for a lot more online shops, but I don't think that everybody has to do that. There are a lot of people I've encountered that are moms that don't want to be in their customer support inbox answering questions or troubleshooting how to download a PDF or whatever it is. They don't want to be doing that all the time. And so affiliates are a great way to link to somebody else who has the product that is pretty close to what you would sell on your own. And then all you have to do is create an audience. Like You no longer have to do two sides of the business, create the product and build the audience. All you have to do is build the audience and put the product in front of them, which I think is just brilliant. So I think so too. I mean, I just want to break that down a little bit further. Yeah. In case somebody has never heard of what an affiliate or like they get it conceptually. But so if you are like being an affiliate for a product, say for instance, so for example, I am an affiliate for Christina's templates for the contract shop. And it just means that I don't offer templates, you know, because I'm not an attorney. And I tell my audience, hey, Christina has this product that you should buy. And in return, I get a cut of the purchase that you make for introducing you to Christina's products. And so I would not be creating these templates, but Christina gets the sale and then I get the thank you basically for sending the audience to Christina. And so like we, you can like play off of each other and play to each other's strengths so that it feels like a partnership. It feels like, you know, you're working together to one, make sure that the, the person who's purchasing the product is getting the best thing that you want to give to them. Like if it was your client, you would treat them the same way. And that's why you see a lot of these affiliates offering extra bonuses if there's like a course launch or something like that happening because they want to be treated really, really well. Does that sound about right, Christina? Yeah, absolutely. It's 
I mean, and it has to be a good affiliate program, right? Like I'm not talking about like the affiliate programs where you make like $10, like those might be good to get your foot in the door. And there are a lot of those, but you know, for example, HoneyBook, ClickFunnels, ours, I mean, these are all multiple hundred dollars commissions that you're talking about when, when a product is sold. So it makes it worth your time to, you know, it's not like you're making 50 bucks for selling five products to your audience of a hundred. You're making like $200 for selling one thing to your audience of a hundred, hopefully more because you're, you're marketing to a hundred people. So I like being the person on the other end of the shop. There are so many days where I'm like, man, I wish I could just have somebody running the shop for me and I'm just out there doing the marketing and promoting it, which is exactly what our affiliates get, you know, which is like, this isn't a pitch to become an affiliate of our shop at all. But, you know, it's really, really nice that when I refer somebody to ClickFunnels to go build their landing pages or to HoneyBook to send out their client contracts or whatever else I'm an affiliate of, I just send them over there. I'm not creating like a client CRM like platform. I'm not creating like a landing pages software. I'm not like, I'm not doing all the work. So if they have problems with that software, which everybody does, right? Like you're getting something set up, there's a learning curve, then they're able to reach out to the support and deal with them on that end. I'm not the one sitting there troubleshooting how to download something, how to attach this email address to this thing, how to, you know, upload this to that. Like they're teaching them all of that. They've taken that off my plate. I am literally just sharing out that this thing exists as a resource and here's how it can help them. And here's why I like it and why I'm a, an affiliate for it. And, you know, here's like my bonuses because you purchased it through me or something like that. So it's really, really, amazing to be an affiliate of programs if you're like, oh, I know I need to sell something, but you know I don't have anything to build yet, or I don't have time to build a product on top of the client services I'm already working on. Go out there and find... I mean, for each of you, it's going to be a little bit different, but like calligraphers, photographers could be affiliates of Amazon, Amazon Associates, and refer out photography equipment. There's like the most famous photography blog, which is totally escaping my mind right now. I can't remember. All he does is like review photography equipment and like write about it. It's the best job in the world. Anyway, he, all he does is like have Amazon associate links and because he has so much traffic that works, but you know, you could find something that has a bigger affiliate program. Like you could, as a photographer, you could find somebody that's teaching a photography course and you're sending traffic to them. And yeah, um, I see social media like managers who are affiliates for like programs like Hootsuite or Tailwind or something like that because they recommend it for all of their clients and then all of their clients purchase because that's what the person uses. And I don't know if that's like the most ethical way to do it, but I think that like if a professional says if you're that I should- Yeah, like if yeah. you're telling them, I, I mean, you have to disclose it by law, yes, but exactly. you know, I don't disclose like the exact commission because I don't always know that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just saying like, hey, if you sign up for ClickFunnels, I get, I don't even remember what it is, it's like 40% of any purchase you ever make from them going forward. Yeah. So okay. it's, yeah, it's it's fine to, to just disclose that. And I'm, I mean, I think it actually helps you to sell the product. If you like don't disclose it and your audience finds out or the person who purchases finds out later you got paid, one, that's illegal. Two, that's not going to be helpful for you in the long run because they're no longer going to trust you. So I think it can actually be like a trust factor, but it also means that you actually have to use probably the products that you're promoting. Like I don't feel good promoting products that I haven't used. And so I turned down a lot of products. So anyway, it's... Yep. I love that. Um, but if you take a course or something and you really enjoy it and it helps you, then 
why not become an affiliate for that? And like, maybe one day you have your own course, but like, geez, stop breaking your back to like create a product when it already exists. Totally. Okay. I mean, I think that there's like so many ways that you could affiliate, you can do one-on-one stuff. Another thing that I just thought of too, Christina, is like a pop-up service. So this is something that I see some designers doing and I'm trying to think of like other industries that might do this. But if you don't have an offer generally throughout the, the rest of the year to do, you know, a particular kind of service, but you decide, you know, in the month of, I don't know, June, because you're, you have a little bit more time, you want to offer this one kind of service that's not going to be available any other time during the year. Like just say, for instance, you typically don't do strategy sessions, but just for this month, you're going to try it out or you want to do it. You can offer something that's quick and easy, that makes you money, that gets your people results and it be not like a big thing. (laughs) And I think it's super fun to see these things. I saw a designer who was doing this for like product designs and packaging designs and also for another person who was doing like presentation slides. And I think that's so cool. Like it's not normally in their you know, that they don't offer it just with this one service. Maybe they do it for, you know, full branding clients or whatever, but to just take one piece of something that they like to do and do it more thoroughly throughout a period of time and have it be like a pop-up service. It's kind of a fun idea. I love that. I might steal that for my shop system because six months is a long time to teach people. So maybe I'll just do some strategy sessions and then a retreat for past clients. I don't know. That's a good idea. I like that a lot. Yeah, the, the pop-up thing is is interesting. It kind of reminds me of, you know, like the copywriters that I've worked with or the graphic designers that have like a buy my day type of thing, which is really helpful for one, procrastinators, because <laughs> you're going to get everything done. You paid a lot of money for that day. And two, it, it's just helpful because you don't have to commit on a long-term basis to a retainer client if you're the one offering the services, but you also don't have to if you're the person purchasing that, don't have to commit to like a monthly payment that you're not sure that you can afford yet. So I think it's a win-win both ways. That being said, obviously there's some drawbacks, right? Like it's hard to get one of the copywriters I use, it's hard to get on her calendar because if you don't buy like a bunch of buy my days in advance, which are not cheap, you know, you're kind of picking a couple months out. And so that's, that's a little bit hard, but yeah, I think it's a great like pop-up offer. My feedback on the pop-up offer, like especially I see it with photographers and mini sessions. The reason why they don't work and the, the reason they don't book out is because there's not enough advance notice. And so it's just a matter of planning it. So like, for example, if you want to do Christmas mini sessions, realistically, those need to happen in October so that people can be really jazzed during like November when they're getting ready for Thanksgiving and sending out those cards to people. Most people don't want to be sending that in December. Some people do, you know, as necessity, but like most people want to send that like towards the end of November, early December. So looking at like something like a pop-up mini session, if you're going to offer those in October to have edited, you know, and back to them by November, then you need to start marketing that in like August. Because there's just not enough lead up time, especially in a business consumer market where people are, you know, maybe not following you as closely as B2B, you know, they need to know that you have this thing coming up and you don't have to exactly tell them what it is. You can just kind of give them some helpful tips and pointers. And then at the end of you helping them, you're like, oh, and by the way, it's done for you at this mini session that costs like way less than booking a session or whatever. So I think that's where people struggle is because 
what I see photographers especially doing is like, we have many sessions next week. And that's not enough notice for like the mom to go to Target and buy a cute outfit for her kid and, you know, get her husband on board. And he's like got a business trip or like, you know, like whatever's happening. It's just not enough time for it to happen. So you need like a bigger lead up if if you are going to embrace this pop-up model. Yeah, I totally agree. And thank you for always like knowing what us moms need. Because that's so spot on. I was like, oh, Christina is speaking my life. <laughs> I feel like everybody is a mom now. And it's like, I, I talked about this on my Instagram. This is a little bit of a tangent, guys. But like, I'm 30 now. And it's like, I don't know. It's when did everybody grow up? Like my 20s were going to last forever. This is crazy. But yeah, I, I relate really well to moms because I have a nephew. And, you know, I, I have to see what my dad or not my dad, my brother does as more or less a single dad. And so it's, it's been interesting, but yeah. So anyway, other ways that so you let's can talk, be yeah, let's talk money. about like passive stuff. So more digital products or like already created and packaged up stuff. So for the e-product market, I think that there's a couple different things that you I've seen. So you can do like a tripwire, which is, or like a seed product, whatever you want to call it. It's like a no brainer offer. It's like something that somebody sees. It's, I don't know. I've seen it anywhere from like $2, like Christina said, to like maybe $40. And it's just one of those things that feels like such a great value. I need this right now. And it's packaged up and it's good to go, right? You don't really have to touch it. So that's one product. I've seen obviously like smaller courses, trainings, webinars, like workshops, like small scale workshops that are, I don't know, in the 100 to 200, 300 range. And all the way up to, I don't know, like B-School, which is $2,000, right? So yeah. like all well, kinds thing, of stuff. One thing that we're actually testing this past week and today is making people pay for the replay of the webinar. Because what I have found with our webinars is that nobody wants to... Like the web- webinar, maybe this is like... Because I know this isn't the case for everybody. But for us, our replays are rarely watched. Most people do have some drop off, but ours are just like not even touched. And so... You know, I want to offer it for free so that people can get the information. I, I want to help people out. That's the whole point of offering this webinar. But then if people are just going to sit there and like kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but like if, if basically if, if they're not going to make a good use out of it, which sometimes people need to assign a financial value to something to actually like do it, which I mean, like that's me with health coaching right now. I I hired a health coach and it's like, sure, I could like figure all this out on my own, but it's so much easier when I know I have a call with somebody who's going to be like yelling at me. (laughs) He doesn't yell, but, but yeah, so I think it's a good idea to think about what content you're already putting out there and how you can repurpose that as a product. So for example, kind of like the creative live model, people signed up for our webinar, they're going to get to watch it for free. But if they want the replay so that they can like rewind, fast forward, take notes, whatever, then they're going to have to pay for that. Or if they can't be there, um, or if this is something that they like know they want to watch, but they just don't feel like watching it at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night, then they can pay for the convenience of access. So that's like another thing that we've talked about a little bit on this podcast is like we weigh undercharge. And I don't mean by like your prices are too low. I mean, we think that we have to give away all this value to people. And what's happening is people are overwhelmed by by the amount of information or knowledge that we're trying to convey to them. And then they end up doing nothing with it. They're, they're feeling overwhelmed. They leave our platforms. They, they don't follow us as their mentor anymore. And so that's one of the things that we're experimenting with is, is like, how do we repurpose our offers as something that literally is assigned a financial monetary value and people either say yes or not. And it's basically their time that they're paying for. 
So just thinking about your blog posts or, you know, there's a checklist in basically any blog post. So those can be freebies. They can be something that you sell for a couple bucks. It can be something that you don't sell at all and you make it into a bundle after you collect the series of checklists. So looking at the content that you already have and then making people pay for the convenience of accessing that content in a more accessible way. You know, like, I'm sorry to keep coming back to him, but he's been a big, like, mentor figure for me this year, but Russell Brunson has his book, Expert Secrets, that you can literally buy for like $4.95 cost of shipping, right? His book, Expert Secrets, has everything that's in his Funnel Scripts membership, but it is so much more convenient to use this $500 a year Funnel Scripts membership that a lot of people purchase it. His book has everything in it that you would need to create a funnel, but people end up purchasing his ClickFunnels stuff because it's so much easier to just have it done for you and understand the concepts behind it from the book. And so, you know, that's a good example of somebody who has a couple of years on every, pretty much everybody listening to the show, I think, and is really doing a great job of like taking old content and repackaging it into something more expensive, but also more convenient for the end user. Yeah, for sure. I think that hits the nail on the head, right? Like there's so much information out there. There's like, you can read a blog post or watch a YouTube video or find a podcast episode for anything. But what Christina is saying is that you as the content creator are packaging it up to create shortcuts for your consumer so that they don't have to look for, you know, thousands of hours worth of podcast content. It's just right here. It's in one place and you know exactly how to lead them from point A to point B. And that's what you're promising. So I think that's just like one really fun way to create content and to package stuff that you've already created into a really easy learning format. So before we wrap this show up, I want to also talk about products as well. So product creators, makers, all you folks who have like physical products, I think it's so important to talk about you guys as well, because there's so many ways to make money. (laughs) One, like if you're like creating something custom, that's definitely one way to do it where you're getting kind of like a commission sale, where you're working with somebody one on one, that's very similar to the service industry, basically, your product is the service that you're creating and making sure that it's custom built for them. And it looks great, right? Whether it's carpet, or it's like a painting or whatever it is, like even like custom framed prints of your, I don't know, photography work, that's also ends up being a product as well. So just a lot of different ways that you can make money there. And I also see, you know, if you have stuff that's in your shop, that's already created, what's the word I'm looking for, Christina? It's just like already created. It's obviously your creation, but you don't have to customize it for somebody. Oh my gosh. There's like a word for it. No, I'm thinking of like, Say, for instance, somebody is like a stamp creator, but it's not like a custom stamp where it has somebody's address on it, but it's just like a standard stamp. Like it, it's got like a happy face on it or something. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. But you like pull it off the shelf. You've created 30 of them already and you can, it's ready to ship, ready to go. So you can do like the custom option, but you could also have things that are already ready on the shelf and you can also like wholesale yeah. some of those things. Yeah, or- custom is hard. It is hard. Yeah, because but it's- people get overwhelmed by choice and then yes. they don't buy anything. So custom is really, really hard. I think that's that could be a whole nother show. But like, if you're out there and you're giving your, your customers like every color under the rainbow as a choice or like every size under the rainbow as a choice, oh man, good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. 
I mean, to build on like the affiliate stuff, like you could you could do that with like the Amazon associates or whatever, but like you could also be a drop shipper. You do not have to create the products yourself. There is a giant industry of people out there that like spoiler alert, if you don't know this already, if you go to Amazon and you shop for those cute dresses that are like super cheap, like $30 or whatever, most of them are drop shipped from China. And people, what, what what's happening is someone has set up an Amazon shop, taken the stock photos that come from the manufacturer of the dress. That's why they all look the same. And if you put them into a Google image search, you will probably be led back to AliExpress, which is a division of Alibaba, which is not so big here in the US, but it's a huge Chinese, or is it Chinese? I think it's Chinese. It's basically like the Amazon of China. And AliExpress is where almost all of these products that you're seeing that are super cute and getting shipped to you are located. So the more sophisticated and more adva- like more established dropshippers are typically purchasing them and ha- maintaining inventory here in the States so that they can ship them much more quickly. But if you see like a 25 to 30 day delivery time, you know, for sure that's getting drop shipped from China. And so all that they're doing is they're receiving these orders on Amazon. They or a VA is virtual assistant is going onto the AliExpress site, typing in the customer's order information, the, the address and such, and ordering that dress for the customer. So on AliExpress, the dress is like $7 on Amazon. It's like $30. That's how they're making their money. But that is like an entire industry in and of itself. So dropshipping is definitely something that a lot of people are making a lot of money with. I I wouldn't say that it's like a get-rich-quick scheme. It's definitely very difficult. But that is something that is possible that you could be infusing into whatever it is that that you're you're doing if you want to sell products and you don't have those products available at your disposal like right now or you don't have like 80 hours to create custom jewelry or something. So many ways to make money. This is like one of my favorite topics to talk about because I think often when we look around at the market we're in, we tend to feel like limited. There's only a certain way to do things. And I think just from the show, I'm realizing that there's so many other ways that we can do things as long as we choose to stay creative, as long as we kind of keep our eye on other industries and say, okay, what do I actually want to do? What feels fun? What is actually going to make me some money? How am I going to be able to serve my clients best and and find a match for those things? And another thing that I also forgot to mention too, in sort of the passive sort of service column is that you could write a book or, you know, create a training that ends up being you know, hosted by somebody else or, you know, purchased somewhere else as well. So that's like super fun, residual. And like, Christina, you didn't even talk about licensing. That's another like realm that I don't know a lot about. (laughs) I think licensing is a little more advanced if someone is getting started. But yes, licensing is a great way to make residual income if you are more established in your industry and looking for ways to either, you know, you write a book and it's with a traditional publishing company, they pay you royalties. That's kind of a form of licensing or you create some kind of design that's used on a product like surface pattern design. That's another form of licensing or, you know, even taking your digital products. If you're like a digital product creator and licensing them to people. So I've done this with HoneyBook with our contract templates. We have a partnership and they license certain contracts of ours for their members use. So they pay me for the use of their contracts on their platform. 
So yeah, I mean, I think licensing, if you're a little bit more established is a great thing to look into, but it can quickly get overwhelming. So if you are getting overwhelmed, just know that that's normal and keep your eye on the prize. Like what is it that you actually want to do? And is licensing the best way to accomplish that? Those are two questions to ask yourself. But yeah, thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So just a big takeaway for me in this, and I hope that you listeners are also taking this away that like, I want you to get creative with how you want to make your money and that there's just so many options and you don't have to feel like you have to play in the little sandbox that you feel like you're sometimes in. So any other takeaways for you, Christina? Not off the top of my head. I think the most important thing is just choosing one thing and actually getting it out there. And I don't mean like you send an email to your list of 50 people and then you're really sad because nobody buys your thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, going on Facebook Live because it's uncomfortable and putting it on Instagram and asking friends to promote it and like whatever it is, like trying every angle before you give up on whatever it is that you want to sell. So I think people just give up way too easily and then they're like, oh, I got to move on to the next thing. Maybe the pro- – so the problem is either the offer, the product or the service that you're you're giving to the world saying you can buy this or it's the way that you're marketing it. So if you can figure out if it's the offer or the marketing, then you can improve that and you can make sales. Love that. I think that's so spot on. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this episode has inspired you to go take action on some of these things that we've talked about and maybe dive deeper into something that you already are offering and seeing what's working, what's not working and tweak those if necessary. So everyone out there, go build your creative empire. Are you ready to build your own empire? For more information, show notes, downloads and tips on how to do it, head to www.creativeempire.co where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all, encouraging you to build your own creative empire. If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 